Hey, this is Brando from Appetite for Distortion, and you are listening to the Thunder Underground. Hey, this is Dizzy Reed from GNR and Hookers and Below, and you're listening to the Thunder Underground. Welcome to episode 283 of the Thunder Underground podcast. Trent Jason here. This week we've got a good one. We've got Brando from Appetite for Distortion on here. Very cool Guns N' Roses centric interview. You know, we talk about some other stuff, but most of it's about Guns N' Roses because that's what his podcast is about. Right. So that's very cool. We're going to check that out and play some music. But before we do that, we got to let you know our sponsors. Hella Hot Hot Sauce is a hot sauce company based out of the San Francisco Bay Area in California. They make small batch artisan hot sauces. You can check out their entire selection of hot sauce and merchandise and everything at hellahothotsauce.com. When you hear small batch artisan, those are like those, those are those buzzwords. <laughs> it makes you just want to buy shit. Yeah. It sounds a little hipsterish, but at the same time, I know these hey, guys works. aren't that. And it, it's truth. And even if they're making stuff in small batches, we know it's good because... We've had it. Yeah. They sent us some Florida Franks, Florida Heat. Episode 261, Frank was on our podcast and talked about how that all came together. And it's an excellent sauce. It's got a lot of flavor and a ton of heat. So they've also got one with Ghoul from Brain... or It's called Brain Jerk from Ghoul, who has also been on this podcast. Right. And if you're in the California area, you can buy it in stores out there on the West Coast. But if you're anywhere else in the country or world, hellhothotsauce.com is where you need to go. Follow them on Facebook as well and tell them we sent you. Sunset Tattoo is a tattoo shop located right here in Tulsa at 3146 East 15th. They're right in the heart of Midtown. Jake and his crew have over 25 years of experience. Their tattoos are done good and proper. They're state licensed and their mother approved. If you shoot them a message or give them a call, you can set up a time to get in there. Talk about what work you need to have done. These guys are the ones to do it for you because if you get on Facebook or Instagram, you can see all, all their work that they've done. Ton of pictures, ton of great stuff. Sunset Tattoo Tulsa on Instagram. Same thing on Facebook. So give them a follow and tell them we sent you. All right, Med Farm is a dispensary located in Broken Air, Oklahoma. 24683 East Highway 51. They're right off the highway. You can't miss them. They've got a huge selection. You can go in there and check it out, or you can call ahead or text ahead and go right through the drive-thru, which is a very cool benefit to going to MedFarm because a lot of dispensaries don't have drive-thrus. If you follow them on Facebook, MedFarm, P-H-A-R-M, they're always running specials. One of their specials is always running is if you mention Thunder Underground, they'll give you 10% off your order. Also follow them on Instagram at MedFarmOK, and their website's MedFarmOK.com. And most importantly... 30% of their profits are going to build no-kill animal shelters. So nearly a third of what they're selling is going to help support the animals. So get out there and help make a difference. Like that, I made it like a thing. Help make a difference. I dig that. That's not their slogan, but that's a slogan I just added. I love it. All right. They actually have commercials I've seen late at night a couple really? times. And they don't say cannabis with the cause on that. And I think it's probably because they can't say cannabis. Right. They say like their tagline on that's like it's only natural. But, I see. So anyway, we can say cannabis here. Yeah, because so, fuck it. We do what we want. That's right. But yeah, so check out Med Farm and tell them we sent you. 
Finally, DEB Concerts is a promoter right here in Tulsa that has brought a plethora of amazing music to downtown Tulsa. Saxon, Last in Line, Buck Cherry, Striper, L.A. Guns, Dockin, Warrant, Lita Ford. You know, there's a long-ass list. I'm right. drawing a blank, but... Coming up on October 23rd, L.A. Guns will make their way back. They were on this podcast when they came through last time, Tracy Guns and Phil Lewis, and that was a very cool episode. So check that one out if you have not. You can follow them on Facebook at DEB Concerts, Twitter at DEB Concerts, and of course their website is debconcerts.com for ticket info and up-to-date info. On any of the shows that got postponed, like the New Metal Revival and the Poison Tom Kiefer, Sebastian Bach show as well, so be on there to find out all that info, and of course we'll bring it to you as soon as we know as well. All right, before we get into this interview, we're going to play some music. You ready for this one? I think so. This is probably the fifth time maybe we played this band. I don't know. Yeah, we love them. Yeah. And every time they have a new single, we're more than happy to play it because Torpedo Head is an amazing band. Highly underrated in my opinion because more people in this world need to know who they are. Exactly. But just let's get into it right now and check out this song. It's called Shot on Mars.
Shot on Mars, brand new single from Torpedo Head. We actually had on Space Brain here a few months ago during our big April-May run of like doing two or three interviews every week. All the quarantine shows. Yeah. We finally made that one happen. We've been talking about it forever. And like I said, we've played several other songs. But this brand new one's great. Did you dig it? Oh man, loved it. Can't go wrong with Torpedo Head. Melodic for days. Yeah. It's got all the elements of punk, sleaze, glam, hard rock, whatever you want. These guys kind of do it. They fit in that punk and roll moniker very well. So check out all their all their music across the board. You will not be disappointed if you dug that song, I promise. Right. Getting into the subject at hand, Brando hosts a podcast called Appetite for Distortion. It's been around almost as long as ours, a little bit shorter. He's in like, I think, the 230s right now, maybe. So a little under five years, I think. But this podcast, like he talks about how he does it off the six degrees of separation from Guns N' Roses, because you can't just, I mean, he has guests every week, but you're going to run out of guests pretty quick. Right. If you can't get certain people. He's also, you know, has on people like the artists that did a lot of the posters, you know, on the last tour. You know, Doug Goldstein, Alan Niven, you know, people like that that are part of management with Guns N' Roses. And, of course, guys from the band like Matt Sorum, Dizzy Reed, Gilby Clark, Frank Furr, you know, have all been on. Tracy and Roberta have both been on. And that episode with Roberta was really good. You know, they talked about a lot of the Black Lives Matter stuff. Yeah. Got pretty serious on that one. But, yeah, I mean, he has guests like recently had on Carla Harvey from... Butcher Babies, Babies yeah. and it was just because Guns N' Roses is one of her favorite bands. Right. So, you know, I mean, that's kind of the the separation thing. Or even had on CM Punk, and he CM Punk told a story about I can't remember. I listened to it, but I can't remember what he was. But it's right. something to do with an experience he had with seeing Guns N' Roses. And, yeah. So I mean, it's a as someone like me that's a kind of a geek about it. You know, it's like you know we've always talked about Metal Up Your Podcast with Metallica. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of along the same lines, but a little bit different because they he's more focused on interviews than Metal Gear Podcast is. I see. But he does a lot of the same kind of stuff where he'll delve into stuff here and there. Yeah. And I think I actually discovered him whenever I was looking up. I did a search for Junkyard interviews back before we did our Junkyard interview about two years ago. I see. And I had looked for Guns N' Roses podcast before that and for some reason didn't find it. And then when I did that search, I came across... David Roach was on this podcast. Oh, okay. And so kind of since then, I've been listening to it, so. Well, and that's another thing, you know, Junkyard, what great dudes. Yeah. Always good to have them on the podcast. And we just had on. Exactly. Patrick Musingo. Yep. Back in May as well. And that was really cool to have him back. And that's another thing related to Guns N' Roses is that Slash and Axel both famously wore Junkyard shirts on stage at different points. Way back in the day, which it's kind of a bummer that that didn't help propel Junkyard to another right. level, even though it should have, because exactly. Junkyard is amazing. They are. <laughs> I guess, quit talking, just jump into this. Brando is a DJ, and he's also a behind-the-scenes guy in New York City, and he's been doing this for a long-ass time, so listen to his podcast, because he sounds like he knows what he's doing, unlike me, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, let's get into this. Here's Brando the host of Appetite for Distortion. 
how it seems to be because um, I, I don't. I, I think I've said, maybe you've heard me say, it wasn't my initial idea to do a Guns N' Roses podcast. It was my friend Ian who I started it with. Oh, I, I, I wasn't really in the podcast game, just doing my radio, uh, terrestrial radio thing. And it was right before the reunion, and there was none. And, and since then, people have told me they've tried to they search for one. They couldn't believe that there weren't more of them. Like you have, a, you know, I'm a huge Simpsons fan, and there are so many Simpsons podcasts. Yeah. You know, out there, and because aren't I, I? So I, I don't know. I guess it's good for me. I've seen a couple pop up that are uh, not uh, English speaking. Um, GNR Central doesn't do it anymore. Uh, uh, Guns and Radio, they just break down like a song, an episode. So it's like completely different than what I do. So no, nah, it's it's been it's been cool. So I'm glad. Yeah, sometimes and, and uh, people say they find me through a random guest, and honestly, I think that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. You know, I, how how long have you been doing yours? This is uh, started in May of 2015, so almost five and a half years. Okay, so longer than me. It's mine was just over four years. Okay, so you you know, I mean, it's uh, it's hard. You know, it's just there's so many podcasts out there, and yeah, you know, it's in a so and uh, however you find me, it's it's fucking awesome. So <laughs> thanks, and that's why you know, in addition to uh yeah because this is just another way you, you found me and hopefully some of your audience finds me and vice versa i was kind of curious what your background in radio is sure um where are you from by the way oklahoma okay so i'm from new york i don't know if you could tell by my accent or at least my jersey <laughs> yeah uh so i went to uh college in on long island for broadcast journalism I, I kind of just wanted to be like a sportscaster, I think, or a sports writer. And then uh, when I went to, I don't know if you know it, Hofstra University, um, they it, now they have like the number one radio program in, like literally the number one pro- radio program in the country, or at least, you know, they were in the, I don't know, prior to last year, maybe, who knows. Wow. Uh, so there I just kind of got bit by the radio bug and I had like an on-air show there and uh, I moved to Cape Cod to get because uh, I wanted I wanted to be on air, you know, essentially. So I had moved to Cape Cod, Massachusetts, for a couple of years to get my start there uh, at Pixie One Hundred Three, Cape Cod's rock, you know, just those typical uh, DJs to talk between songs, yeah. you know, that that say stuff, you know, or you know, come to the local uh, car sale this weekend and pick up some stickers, you know, like that kind of crap. Yeah. Um, but getting full time and getting full time on air and radio was it's hard. You know, it's kind of like being in a band in a way. Like you have to wait for a slot to open up or like a new band to form or you know, uh and I knew I wasn't gonna stay in Cape Cod because it's uh there's three hundred markets in the country. Like New York's number one or LA's number two or they flip flop by going by population. Uh so Cape Cod, you know, it's a summer vacation place. So that would toggle around two hundred. So I'm not gonna I don't know. I guess I always. It's so funny. Like when I, I guess I'm asked questions. I'm like, uh, I'm like, where do I start? Because I don't. I, whatever. I, I've actually, obviously, I have conversations with myself in my head. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, like that was just part of my adventure. And I said, like, I want to be full time in radio by the time I'm 28 because I moved away from Long Island to Cape Cod when I was like 23, and just like when I uh, right before then, I had worked part-time in Poughkeepsie, New York, which is like an hour uh, above New York City for a classic rock station there. 
primarily just like part-time, you know, or fill-ins, uh, you know, for middays and stuff. And a lot of stations like where I work now at iHeart, there's a, a cluster. There's a few stations in that building. So there was like a country station I did some on-air work for, an adult contemporary they did some on-air work for. And on-air work is, A, doesn't pay a lot. And there's not a lot to go by, so I would have, which I still do, I have like a part-time non-radio job to supplement myself, but I would always do like board op work, working radio boards or editing or, you know, whatever behind-the-scenes radio job I could get as well. So that led me to, I had like at one point in New York, I had like four part-time radio jobs. And that, then I'm like, I'll try to, I've already, it's already too late with this long story, but I ended up going out east on Long Island finally getting full time at this station on air and like producing morning shows and stuff. And that's company was buying properties in Florida and they were going to move me down to Florida. Uh, so actually I was up here making a rock station in West Palm beach, even though I never moved down there or anything. I was just radio could be done anywhere, obviously with yeah. podcasting. So uh, that company ended up fucking me over. They paid me horrendously anyway, which ended up working out. Uh, for me in the long run because that just there wasn't a good company and there was really no room. It was all smoke and mirrors. There really wasn't any real room to grow. But it was like, for me, it was like all resume and, and life lessons and all that. Uh, so after that, I, I I ended up getting a part-time job at the big Long Island station. Like I think where D. Snyder used to be, okay. you know, where his House of Hair started, uh, WBAB. Uh, so that felt good just because like their morning show guy reached out to me and wanting me to be a part of that. And during that time I connected with a radio, uh, a radio acquaintance that had, uh, if you do have any work at iHeart, which is located here in Tribeca, uh, well, I'm in Queens right now, but Tribeca, which is, I don't know, it's like, it's in freedom towerish, you know, uh, 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 that part of New York city. Uh, so there, yeah, there was, um, uh, a job available that was all like behind the scenes stuff, like editing and, and working in studios and, and that stuff, nothing on air, but I was, you know, happy to take it. And it's in New York city. It's in the same building as the number one stations, uh, in, in the country. So I'm like, yeah, we just get my foot in. So I've been doing that for five years, but it's been, and then the podcast just came about totally by accident. My friend Ian, who I worked with, I told you one, I had four part-time jobs at once, the radio jobs. One was for Sirius XM for the Catholic channel. I'm, Jew- I'm Jewish, but, but it was a, a friend of, I mean, I don't, I don't care. Radio, to me, radio is radio. Uh, but it was a friend of mine I went to college with. You know, I, the whole serious story is another long story. Uh, so I ended up, I, I knew my that kid Ian from Sirius, and he, just, he had been working on a podcast with like military personnel. There's a lot of military special ops podcasts out there. And he found himself into the, you know, falling into that and he was making money. He's like, we should do a Guns N' Roses podcast. Why? That's so, that sounds so stupid because yeah, they're my favorite band, but who, who wants to listen to that? How, how long could we do that for? But I don't know. It seemed like a fun thing to do. And he's like, it's all about getting guests. And then, I think maybe like our 10th episode, I mean, because we had like maybe a couple authors on before, some cool stuff, uh, like Stevie Rochelle from Metal Sludge, some cool, comes cool stuff that it's not like I'm just interviewing my friends, you know, or just Ian and I talking to each other about Guns N' Roses. And then by uh, by episode 10, we got Charlie Benanti. So I'm like, oh, this is it, Anthrax. And it kind of gets snowball, 
I think 20 was Dave Kushner from Velvet okay. Revolver. And I'm like, okay, this is, and that's when it was also the first time I saw that we were picked up by a news outlet, uh, which was Alternative Nation. And I'm like, okay, this seems like it's just not like we're talking to a tin can. Like this could be, become something. So I had been doing that on the side of all my radio stuff, recording it at, at first at the station on Long Island. And now I'm doing it, or I was doing it in, in the city. Uh, and it's been cool because, I again, it was just all on my own. And I, just through networking with people that I work with, this guy I work with at iHeart, he's like a hiring kind of placement manager or whatever. In addition to, like, he produces, I don't, do you know Elvis Duran? I don't know if you've ever heard that name. Yeah. So he, he's on that show and he produces that show, but he also does does job placement in iHeart. So he's like, why isn't your podcast, because it was just on SoundCloud or iTunes and just the big, you know, the, the typical platforms. And I'm like, why would it be on the iHeart app? I'm not a radio station. I'm not a celebrity that like, you know, like Will Ferrell gets his own podcast. He's yeah. like, no, but he's like, but you work here and we want to find, you know, in-house, uh, you know, in-house products, you know, things like that. I'm like, okay. So he introduced me to somebody else and I actually thought I was going to have to like sell him on it. But he says, no, I listened to the first episode. It's good. And they pay for like my Spreaker space. So then it's all, th- so that's what is on iHeart. Uh, I learned though, it's a gray area that it's not an iHeart produced podcast where it's like, I can say this is an iHeart podcast. It's like, right. I, I don't even know how to explain it. It's like, I happen to work there. It is supported by, it's why I sometimes get some big name guests. Uh, I mean, some, I, I mean, there are ones I get on my own big name guests just by reaching out, like how you probably get. But, uh, cause one of the things I do for, iHeart, they're called uh, radio tours. So I don't know if you listen to morning radio or I'm sure you have in your life, but yeah. they'll have like celebrities on or an author or someone to interview in the morning. And morning radio, it's how long do they really talk at a time? Yeah. So they're in, they're meant for morning radio. And within a two hour time period, just like 9 a.m. and 11 a.m., our job is to schedule our bank of stations or whoever wants these guests, you know, so the guest is talking to 15 or 20 stations and it's us, us up to us to record the audio and connect the guest, whether they're in studio or if it's over the phone. Now we're doing it on zoom. Hey, you know, first up, we're going to go to Detroit. You're going to talk to so-and-so and it's pre-taped. All right. And after like seven minutes or 10 minutes, however, that was worked out. Okay. Now we're going to go to uh, Connecticut and you'll be talking to, with so-and-so. Okay. You have, th- you have 10 minutes with, uh, you know, with Matt Sorum or something like that. So we, we put those on, and I sometimes am the, the tour person running it. But slowly but surely, it might have been Jim Brewer, which was the – pardon me. I'm watching the third period of the Islanders, if you don't mind. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, it's – I think Jim Brewer might have been the first one. And I'm like, because these guests coming in, and I'm like, how do I not say anything? So I can say to my boss, and you know I had a podcast. I said, you know, if it's appropriate, if there's room, you know, for me, if I'm allowed to, you know, jump on this tour with my podcast. And it's, it's from since then, yeah. I mean, not always because there are sometimes it's guests is so like Charlotte Flair. I wanted to interview when she, uh, I think there were just phoners, but it's like everybody, all of our stations, like it was like overloaded with requests to interview her. And it's as my job, obviously, I'm not going to put my own needs above my job. Like, so I get it. But sometimes it, it works out, you know, uh, whether it's like the Dave Mustaines that I've had or, um, Oh, what's her uh, Pollyanna McIntosh from The Walking Dead? Just so 
that's part of my job. And then I also work on Keith Sweat show. You know Keith Sweat? Yeah. The eighties, nineties R and B singer. He actually saw uh, him live so I, a few years ago. <laughs> nice. Yeah. So I work on his show nightly, actually. It's just an automated show that plays R and B and uh yeah, R and B music and with his voice tracks in between and stuff. So and I've been doing the podcast around that. Uh, so that's that's my long winded because it's I've had a very weird career and I've I feel like I've and I've left out a lot of stuff. So <laughs> I, it's a low, that's why I always kind of get you're you're laughing. I'm I'm glad I'm getting this out now. That's why the, the few interviews that I've been asked to do, I always get. But as I'm talking on it, there's always that part where you're the guest. Am I talking too much? Then you're <laughs> supposed to. And it's also, I don't know. I don't, I, it's just it's just weird. Like what? Like you, it's like a loaded question. It's like how do you get into radio? What do you do? It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> how do I how do I say this? So, yeah. <laughs> I, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, to summarize, I work for. Uh, Premier Radio Networks now, and uh, which is uh, under iHeart, and it's my my title is technical producer. So it's just audio editing. Um, I mean, I produce Keith Sweat Show now, uh, which you know, inputting commercials or you know, recording stuff like that. But the only on air thing that I do right now is this. But what's really cool that worked out? It's I guess the part that's is a little missing, which is cool. Uh, so the number one classic rock station, I think it is in the country, or it's still New York City, is Q1043. That's where Eddie Trunk, that's kind of like his home base is. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, he works for Sirius, but like we broadcast broadcast his show, and he doesn't come in. He has like a mailbox in the student studio, but he, he just doesn't come in ever. So anyway, he um, so Q1043, and I'm like, I'm like, I'm too young to be on that. I'm thirty. I'm gonna be thirty-seven in a month. Uh I'm like, I'm too young. And I've always been too young for every classic rock station that I've been on. But I've, you know, kind of always made it my own, I guess. I don't act like a child. Although I always like try not to. But I also act like I'm 40 or 50. So uh, I never really applied there. But I wanted to meet the program director just so he knew who, who I was. And here, long story short, uh, I've filled in and i'm going to be continuing to fill in for their uh morning show producer at times it's it's weird because right now he's the only one allowed in the building for our uh is the hosts are at home so he obviously has to run it by going in so i don't know what's gonna if <laughs> i was just asked like uh if we need you to come in is it okay if you, you come in because his wife is pregnant i'm like uh Wow. You, you figure that out. So anyway, the, the, that guy really likes the program director. Really likes me, and the the morning show host, the main morning show host, really likes me. His name is Jim Kerr. He's in the rock. He's in the radio hall of fame. Like when I was there, it was over the phone, but he interviewed like Mick Jagger for like the tenth time. Wow. So when I was producing, when I produce, he talks about. He's like, "Tell me about your podcast." Like we talk about Guns N' Roses in the podcast on the air. And my and that program director is like, how come your podcast isn't on Q1043's website? Like, I don't know. It's not like it's like all right, let's put it there. It's it's good stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm like, okay. So it's <laughs> now on your classic rocks uh, website, the podcast section, which is cool. And Alternative Nation has helped me out. I'm sure they picked up some of your interviews over the uh, the years. Yeah. This year they're having. He, Brett's having like fucking technical difficulties. So that's why he's not really doing any articles. He's having something like where Google doesn't pick it up. Okay. I don't know. I, I'm thinking like he's clickbaited himself to death and like he has to fix it out. Yeah. But I'm on their website also. So it's been cool that people who find me 
uh, like yourself, like what I do, because I, 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 I promise you, Trent, I think every episode I do, I don't know how you are, sucks. I listen to it back. I'm like, all right, it wasn't that bad. But until then, like, I don't, you're, you're a Simpsons guy. I don't know if you're a South Park guy, but they did that uh, um, Six Days to Air documentary yeah. where uh, I think it was Trey Parker that said, like, I think every episode is terrible. And he's like eating McDonald's like, to deal with it. I'm like, yeah. all right. Someone as brilliant as him, but so anyway, yeah, that there. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, I I feel that that same way too. Like I'll be like, man, that wasn't that good. Then when I put it together, I'm like, okay, that was good. It was just me on my end thinking the questions weren't that great or something. But yeah, or you know, sometimes I want to be the old school broadcaster that just doesn't flub at all and everything is sm- so smoothly, and that's. Just, that's not me. I've had to come to terms with that before podcasting when it was, like I said, just DJ when you're talking for 30 seconds or a minute and like every mistake you make is met. You have to just go with your delivery and own yeah. it. And, and just so it's, uh, I feel like I've worked myself up to doing this, this <laughs> podcast through all the, the radio battles, some of which I've shared with you yeah. to, to do this. So this was a happy accident because it's it's what's keeping me motivated. <laughs> Well, I know sometimes you mention on the podcast that you kind of go off to six degrees of separation from Guns N' Roses for your guests. Like, yeah, early, I, early on, like when you had someone like Charlie Benante, was that was that a stretch or was that not really the idea at that point? Because that was still early. Uh, and not at that point, because the reason why he came on uh, was because my buddy. <laughs> it's funny because I don't listen to podcasts. I just don't. I mean, I I have listened to Joe Rogan. I've have listened to maybe you know, random clips or episodes of other ones, but for me, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm in the car. I'm listening to like my own music. I'm like trapped in nostalgia. If if I'm at home, I'm watching like a shitty uh, '80s horror movie, you know, or or you know, something. It's just, I don't know. I guess could maybe working in radio. I'm just tired of hearing. I'm tired of hearing myself talk, honestly. Yeah. Uh, but it's I don't know what else I would do. So with Charlie Benanti, uh, Ian listens to a lot of podcasts, and he heard Charlie on um, Inappropriate Earl. Maybe it might have been that podcast. And Charlie about like how big of a Guns N' Roses fan uh, he is, and he was at the uh, Axel DC concert. Or no, he wasn't He wasn't there yet, because I ended up seeing him there when I went. No, no. No, no, he was there. Okay, no, because I, I did a review of the Axel DC like, early on. Yes, because so he went to go see ACDC with Axl Rose, and you praised it. So I'm like, okay, he's a big name who, you know, at least is a Guns N' Roses fan. But I, I just knew if I'm going forward, I mean, what am I? What if I'm just talking Guns N' Roses? Like, I can't do it. You know, uh, these fans like they just go back and forth on a forum all the time about who played what on Chinese democracy and, and, and in what version or uh, is, is one person's uh, version of events the same as another person's. It's just like, I can do that, but I can't just do only that. So that's why I'm like, okay, whatever I can. Someone who listens to a lot of sports radio also, I like how some sports radio hosts do it where uh, obviously the nucleus is sports. And if you're in New York, it's uh, it's going to be, you know, uh, Yankees. It's going to be uh, Jets. It's going to be so. It's going to be all that. But you're also going to, okay, you'll talk about the Lakers when it's important, or you'll talk about Tiger Woods and when it's important. How, or you'll even, you know, especially you'll talk about mental health. 
talk about uh, domestic violence, you know, when it relates. So it's not just a straight it, when it relates to it, but it all comes back to that center of what sports are. So I kind of use what Guns N' Roses like that. I'm like, because I always liked that um, that format of of having a a base. So it's not just okay, you're listening to me. I am the nucleus. It's just whatever my opinions are on something. I mean, that's part of it. But I like okay, you're going to me for Guns N' Roses, but. Let's just see where that leads to. I don't know. It's kind of like how I look at The Simpsons. It's like I know what I'm going to get, but it, I don't know. It can go anywhere, you know. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. But that's obviously helped me because there are some episodes where I'm like, there's barely any GNR talk, and I try to do whatever I can to shoehorn it in. And I haven't gotten, you know, too many complaints about that. You know, obviously some people prefer some episodes over others, but yeah. Do you usually like if you have a guest? Where it's not really like, say, you just had Soliana. Like, do you check beforehand if he's a fan, or do you just bring that up during the episode? Uh, both. I feel this time I made a mistake by asking permission because I feel like I wouldn't have done anything wrong. I said, "Do you mind if he asks?" And he he really obviously just wanted to focus on the event that happened last night. And I'm like, I'm not gonna, I'm gonna play by the rules. I'm not gonna ask him like, uh, you know, how did Download Festival go or with them last year or something. So I kind of just let that go, and I casually in the conversation mentioned I've talked about depression with Alan Niven, or then I add my own GNR spin to it after the interview. But there are times where, um, like those short interviews I got to do, like with Harry Shearer. I mean, I'm sure he. I mean, maybe if he sees appetite for distortion on his list, he'd be like, "Oh, it's a Guns N' Roses podcast," but he not, may not be thinking that. So I will spring that up on him, but I always make sure I address what they need to be addressed at first. Uh, but there are others like Tommy Stinson's uh, peeps where uh, they were really nice that, you know, that obviously like they could tell that I wanted to talk about his new stuff, but they're like, just in the email that we're going to forward to him, make sure GNR is at like the last thing listed. Uh, it's not that he won't talk about GNR. It's that, you know, we've been burned where, you know, they, they don't talk about like his sh- upcoming show and things like that. It's like, he's, he's got money to make. You know, it's he's not like he's Axl Rose, you know, with all this money. He still is putting out has to put out music and stuff. So that comes out. Or there are people who are don't want to come on at all. <clears throat> that I say I won't talk about Guns N' Roses, but you are connected. So just hearing you talk will it doesn't matter. Like Bumblefoot. He was actually my first radio interview ever when I was in Cape Cod. But he won't come on because it's a Guns N' Roses related podcast, and he obviously has some sort of crazy bitter feeling toward it. Wow. Uh, but so even though every interview he does, he's asked about it. It's always in every headline. But I think it's just like to this, and I think it's why Duff, at least from his management, why they got canceled. It's hard to get some of these guests. So or even uh, Catherine Benzoa, whatever her the photographer. She agreed to it. I was like back and forth with her for like a year. And then she's like, I can't do it. If you, I like what you do, if this was any of the podcast, I do it because it's, but it's a, it's a Guns N' Roses podcast. I can't. Uh, I heard uh, a fucking harp player from, uh, from prostitute off Chinese democracy has a non-disclosure agreement <laughs> and she wanted to do it. Wow. So, I mean, so it's, it's, uh, it, Every guest, I'll tell you this. I'm like every week. I'm like I'm never going to get another guest again. No one's going to want to talk to me. And then stuff happens, and then every guest is its own 
challenge. Or sometimes it comes, thankfully, there are ones that come easy, but there are, it's different when you're talking just rock and whatever. I feel like sometimes I may scare people off, even though I'm not, I really build a show that's not meant to do that. Right. So it's it's been a challenge. But I've been doing it, I guess. (laughs) Outside of the obvious people like Duff or Slash or Axel, are there any guests that you really, really want to get that kind of seem out there that you haven't been able to get or um well obviously aside from the obvious i mean i, w- I want to get sebastian bach um i, I want to get um uh, i i know yeah, i want to get sebastian bach who uh my mind went blank for for a second uh, who is the other one that i i mean obviously there's ones like you know fucking arnold schwarzenegger which which would be amazing yeah you know to talk to him about guns and roses but I mean, we can do this crazy wish list. But I'm, yeah. I mean, there are pl- there are plenty of names. I really want to get Vicky Cornell, honestly. On, uh, I think that would be that would be great. Um, uh, Jacoby Shattuck, I want to get on. I've had Tobin from Papa Roach on, but no, I mean, there are a lot. Even though I've had a lot, there's still plenty. Weird Al, <laughs> I'd yeah. love to get Weird Al on. You know, I, I'll tell you something though. Polly Shore was a big deal to me, which sounds so silly, and Harry Shear even. Both of them, but Polly Shore because that was that was a longer one. That one he could have even he even said in the interview I could have said no, you know. But he it wasn't through my job. It was just through networking and finding out you know who people were. And I don't know. I love Polly Shore. <laughs> so yeah, no, there's this there's a lot. So that's what keep that's what it keeps me going, knowing that you know just last week or I can get Harry Shear or you know some big names. So it's like okay this. This is still a thing. This isn't like I, again. I'm talking into, you know, a, a Facebook page of of five Guns N' Roses fans, and, and nobody listens. I mean, it's I'm not Joe Rogan. I mean, I don't know what kind of number. I, I don't. I mean, we we don't have to talk numbers, but I don't feel like mine are very impressive. But it's what really gets me going is some of the names, and when my interviews get picked up, and especially go with getting translated into other languages and stuff. It's like the reach is there. Yeah, the reach is there, and it's like I'm talking about Guns N' Roses. I'm not talking about Newfound Glory, you know, some band. And I like Newfound Glory, but it's like not some band that's like really doesn't like really held to a specific time period. That's not everybody knows who they are. Yeah, and it has like a global reach that's never ending, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. I think so. I think so. They're one of those bands, mm-hmm. like the like the Beatles, like the yeah. Rolling Stones. Like it's just global. So it's yeah. uh, I somehow into the right band to do a podcast about right i mean speaking of that like how did your where did it start it, for you as far as being a fan or your how did they become your favorite band like how early on was that in your life by the way this is uh maybe it's too late to ask are we is this the interview part of it or is this uh just oh yeah bullshitting? yeah oh okay i had no idea and go with it sorry <laughs> wow look how smooth you are i had no idea wow usually uh, if i tell people okay we're starting it seems to be a little more uh I mean, I don't know. If I just start talking and people start talking, it goes a little, flows a little better, I think. No, you're right. No, you, you caught me. Uh, I, I may start doing that. <laughs> I may even start doing it because I usually have like a little powwow before, yeah. you know. Okay. Uh, well, some people are, maybe I'm different because I've done radio, but if I'm talking to you, what I've also done, uh, and don't let me, because I forgot your question, but don't let me forget that I forgot your question. Uh, I've had what's been very cool. What I've done since the beginning as well is I've had fans on 
uh, just your general Guns N' Roses fan, but not really your general Guns N' Roses fan, uh, that they have like a story. So it, it started with, um, I think this guy in, in Ireland, uh, that, you know, he owns a guitar shop. He, you know, he's obsessed with Izzy and it got deep where, you know, he associates appetite for destruction with some, uh, family stuff at home. And like, it's just like what the music stuff meant to him. So we got deep into that. I'm like, you know what? This is cool. This is where I want to go. It's Guns N' Roses. Music is deep. Let's, let's do that. And another, we spoke to this guy, uh, Tomislav from Croatia, Croatia, this guy called me saying that, you know, like whatever your Guns N' Roses story is, because that's how I look at it. Because obviously I'm not going to interview Slash and Axel, at least, you know, uh, who know, not in my dreams, uh, at least uh, only in my dreams, rather. <laughs> uh, but you could still have a great story. So this guy, Tomislav, was telling me that he fought in the Yugoslavian war. And while he was in a Jeep, driving over a minefield trying not to die he had appetite for destruction in the cassette in his cassette in his in his uh, headphones just blasting it so it's like just to get him through so the stories yeah i know right and not everyone has that level of a story but it's been appreciated by listeners you know from uh the netherlands i've had on australia uh recently um it, it's funny i had no idea being from new york and it's only like 20 minutes away from me. There's a restaurant called Spaghetti Incident. <laughs> really? Yeah. And actually, it was just messaged uh, today on Instagram by another fan that there's uh, the Spaghetti Incident in Bristol, UK. So it's, I guess it's not a totally unique idea, but there is a, a Spaghetti Incident uh, close to me in, in, in Queens. And uh, another listener told me about that. That's why it's been great. Like These listeners reach out to me wanting to share with me so I could share with the rest of the Guns N' Roses fans. Uh, so recently I had on the owner of Spaghetti Incident, this guy named Giovanni, and he's uh, you know legit Italian, straight with the accent, and just getting his story about naming the, uh, his restaurant you know, when he moved to America, Spaghetti Incident. And so it's just stories like that. And sometimes I will have uh, even uh, a fan co-host. I've had fans uh, co-host interviews with Tommy Stinson. Uh, Who else? I mean, yeah, certain managers that I've had. It's been it's been a bit. I think, uh, yeah, I've I've had a few episodes, like definitely more than a handful, like what they've co-interviewed with me, because I feel like that's just a a unique opportunity to to get to give, I guess. Um, Oh, and I've I think it was the first time. No, it was with Jeff Rouse from Loaded. Uh, Ray from the UK, I'll give uh, a mention to if he listens to this because he's like another, he's just like, a, I have dedicated fans, which are great. Yeah. And he doesn't say much because he's not, you know, I don't want a trained um, broadcaster. You know, maybe he's not the most chatty guy, but he's, his passion is there. So he's like kind of there as like my Ed McMahon, if you know that reference, mm-hmm. he's just laughing. Yeah. And, but he's like, I love the experience. So I try to give an experience to with this. So I know I completely went off. What was your question that led me to even think about this? Let me, I was just asking how you got in. How like I got into age, Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses <laughs> just the basic for your love for GNR. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, growing <laughs> up, my it's, it's, it's just ironic that the station that I kind of work for now, uh, producing some of the morning show um, uh, for Q1043 is kind of the station I grew up listening to. He, um, my dad would have me, I would listen to that in the car. My mom would be like, she would have a CBS FM, which was like an oldies doo-wop station on all the time, and which I love. 
you know, I love that, but I, I rock somehow hit me harder when I was younger. But still, it took me a while to get into, I think, uh, like bands, bands. Because when you're young, I was a huge Michael Jackson fan. I think the first, the first cassette I got, which hopefully you'll laugh, uh, which I still makes me does, is I got uh, Green Day. Oh, it's not that part of it. I got Dookie. I got Dookie. I got uh, in my Hanukkah stocking. That's the part that's supposed to be funny. Uh, so yeah, my mom put it in my my Hanukkah stocking, and that was my first cassette. But it was maybe middle school. I mean, I always would hear Guns N' Roses on the radio, and I'm like, I, I like this band. You know, I, I whatever the scene video, I like this band. So I just remember asking my friend Mike, uh, who, what album should I get for, of Guns N' Roses? I'm trying to think. I was probably maybe. 14 or 15 at the time. What album should I get? He's like, all right, list, list the songs that you like. And I guess, obviously, most of them are going to be off Appetite. So that's where it started. But after that, I'm like, this is amazing. You know, That's when I got The Illusions. That's when I got... Uh, I don't think I ever bought the Spaghetti Incidents, only because when you're younger, people made fun of that. Like, it's only a covers record. You dis- I dismissed it for so long. Not anymore. But... Uh, you know, you, you buy lies. I downloaded every song you can download. That was that was a big with me off uh, like Napster and, and LimeWire. I got all the unreleased stuff like uh, Sentimental Movie and like all these. Uh, there's the only band I really did that with. And Chinese, I don't know where Chinese Democracy came from. Where I, why I became obsessed with with it like the rest of the fan base. But I started going to mygnrforum.com, which is you know, still very much around and, and, and active. And that's where all the leaks started to happen. And, you know, locally, Eddie Trunk and Mike Piazza were involved in, in leaking and playing better uh, for the first time on the radio, which they should not have. So there was this local feel to it a, a little bit. Uh, then them adding Bumblefoot, who's another Brooklyn Jew, just like myself, to it. So I'm like, and I'm like, I'm never going to see Guns N' Roses ever. They were already broken up when I became like a diehard fan. But when they came back in 2002, I was dating a girl at the time that Guns N' Roses was her favorite band. And she got me into them more. So she like sat me down, like, let's watch Welcome to the Videos. We did. I'm like, this is great. First time I saw the Garden of Eden, uh, Garden of Eden uh, video. Uh, I'm like, this is, this is so cool. This is like what I want in a rock star. You know, as somebody who like fantasized about being a rock star, I have no musical talent. I've tried and failed like at everyone you know yeah. like, you try to sing like axel you sound like a uh, like a ferret being stepped on <laughs> right. you know? but but as you're driving am i the only one that just like i imagine myself being like a front man and who my band would be and like what so because i guess because i didn't like my own life so i was trying to dream about another uh which i guess is the whole point of daydreaming i guess yeah. uh so that really just fueled it and then 2002 happened and they announced this Tour and I'm like, this is the only time I'm ever gonna see uh, Axel Rose, and that's when I got to see Axel with Buckethead and that version. And they canceled the tour like a day later. <laughs> that that was, I think, and that it's officially come out because I've had Brain on a few times. Uh, that something like Ticketmaster pulled it. I think I need to ask Doug, former manager Doug Goldstein, more about that next time because there was something about he booked the tour and Axel didn't know he booked it. So I, I, I don't know the full story behind, behind that yet, but it seemed like you would never see Axel Rose again. I'm like, Oh, I saw this. He doesn't look like what I, what he used to like with his jerseys and his dreads uh, or braid long braids or whatever. 
but uh, it, it would still, I don't know. I, I still had the passion for it. And I, I loved, uh, you know, when Chinese democracy came out, actually I still have it. Ugh. I, the only vinyl I own is Chinese <laughs> democracy. It's, really? it's not even open. It's not even, yeah, it's not yeah. even open. I'm not a vinyl guy. Oh, and actually this is a, the bandana I bought at that concert. Okay. Uh, at, so, I mean, I, I never really went to shows where I bought a ton of merch. And this was the only band that, that did it. And they just struck a chord, uh, I guess pun intended or whatever, <laughs> with me. And uh, it's kind of been, yeah, like that ever since. They've just been my my band more than, you know, for me, even though Green Day was my first record or first cassette that I bought, they fell off for me. You know, I'm, I'm not, you know, into them as much as, much as I, wa- I once was. Um, I mean, I love Metallica, but it was never, they never had, they didn't have the diversity, I felt, as, as, a, as a Guns N' Roses. You know, I, I loved November Rain is my favorite song, which insp- inspired actually, I'm not going to take uh, it's on my left shoulder blade, but it inspired my first tattoo, which is just the boy writing in a book on Usual Illusion 1. Okay. Eventually, I'll get the two at some point, uh, but whatever. But I'm saying like that. So even GNR inspired my first tattoo. So it's just been, I don't know. It's like it's not even like I felt like I've gone out of my way either. Like there are people who have their obsessions and, and go out of their way to be have collectibles. Like my girlfriend's kind of obsessed with Dave Matthews, and she, I don't know, she ah, she's not terrible. I mean, you see all my GNR posters on this side, all her Dave Matthews posters from that side. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, it's uh very few things I've gone out of my way to collect and, and GNR seems to be that. And then with this podcast, it's just been a, another unique way of collecting, collecting, collecting stories, stories that aren't told anywhere else. Yeah. But do you have any memorabilia that you're like your favorite or you're most proud of? I think only like, right now it might be this, this poster. Okay. I didn't go to this show. Uh, Hawaii. I went to uh, the other one. I don't know how well you can see those right now. I can't tell what it says, but yeah. Well, I'll, I'll show you. <laughs> okay. This the one on the left. I mean, if you want to look it up, it's the uh, Guns N' Roses lithograph poster from uh, New York City, uh, Madison Square Garden. It's the Duff one. Okay. There's a Duff a Duff axle and a slash one that were made after like the Gangs of New York. That's what it was supposed to look like. And so I was at that show, and that's when Pink came out. So I thought that was, you know, that, that to me that's like my was my favorite poster. I've never had a poster look that nice. You know, I'm like a college dorm poster, and I'm like this is like this is good material. This is, this is great. But anyway, uh, this one I haven't been to Hawaii. Uh, it's um, a hula girl skeleton hula, hula girl, but the same artist who did that one, uh, Arian Bueller, did the. Uh, Gangs in New York one. He's done a, a bunch for, for Guns N' Roses. He's, he's done it for uh, the Rolling Stones. He's done it for the uh, Bob Marley's estate. He's done it. He's he's pretty well respected. He was actually, uh, Arian Bueller was nominated for a Grammy. Uh, it might have been last year. The, I don't know it was the last Grammys or the Grammys before that for his work on the Guns N' Roses box set. So he did the Guns N' Roses box set. He was the, I think, the artistic director. He also was the artistic director for the Shadow of Your Love uh, music video, which was really a lyric video, which is great. So I, during this pandemic, so this is new, the Hawaii one that I got, I'm like, and as my girlfriend and I are trying to like put more stuff up in this uh, apartment, and since I've been stuck here in Queens doing my podcast from here, and people have been doing more Zoom and more Skype, I'm like, I need to, like everybody, I need to redo my background. 
since <laughs> this is going to be my studio, I guess you see that everywhere on the news. And, you know, I keep hoping like you see those, uh, like those cats that go viral, like a, a cat, like in his butthole on like a, a weather report where this guy's trying to read the weather. Right. <laughs> so, uh, I, by the way, I'm stuck in here with three cats. So I'm like, I got to, uh, you know, spruce it up a little bit. And I felt bad. I'm like thinking about all the people who can't work right now. I'm lucky that I could do my radio job from home. I'm like Arian, there's no tours going on. This guy is, I don't know if he's making money. I'm like, you know what? It would be really cool if I reached out to him and bought and see if he would sell me one of his stash. Because I did, because the last concert I went to before the pandemic happened was last October. I went down to Austin, uh, Texas for the first time for Austin City Limits. Okay. And uh, of course, GNR played. Yeah. And but I think the last band I officially saw was Mumford and Sons, and Lars Ulrich came out, which was kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, but I didn't buy the lithograph for GNR there. I bought a T-shirt, but I didn't want to ca- carry the lithograph around in a festival. And I go online to buy it now. I'm like, okay, since I was there, maybe I can buy it now. They're all marked up. They're like fifty bucks when you buy them. They're like a hundred, two hundred. I don't know, capitalism, whatever. Just help out <laughs> your favorite GNR fan. Like, sell it at, at market price. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what? I don't want to do that. If I'm going to spend a lot of money, let me get it from Arian. Uh, he did me a favor because he doesn't of, often sell his own stash. He had a few of those. Cause I, uh, and I'm like, that's that's really cool. I'm like, would you mind autographing it? So he autographed it you know, in the bottom right, and it's four of five. Oh, wow. So that that's pretty cool. And the only one, uh, the other uh, memorabilia, which I don't know, maybe you could tell me your opinion on uh, on this. Maybe I'm stupid for doing this, but I have an autographed uh, Guns N' Roses shirt from Slash and Duff. They're on there. It's from, I was wearing a Guns N' Roses shirt when I went to go see Velvet Revolver in New Jersey. And if anyone's ever been to the Star, Starland Ballroom in New Jersey, it's like not surrounded by anything. It's like in the middle of Bumblefuck. And we got there early. Uh, my friends and I, because I, I wanted to be, I was against the railing the stage. That's how I wanted to be. Wanted to be. Then we just see some people running behind uh, the, the building, I guess. Like, why are these people running there? This was like 2004, I think, or 2002, maybe one, one of those early 2000s. So it was like, you don't think it's like any like anything crazy. Uh, but Slash and Duff are, are signing autographs for people back there. And I'll, two things I'll never forget. Somebody like shoved like a white, guitar and slash his face asking him to autograph it. and he's like get the fuck out of here it's like they, obviously that guy's just he just has a guitar on him he's just yeah. there obviously to get slash's autograph to sell it so fuck him and right before my autograph on with duff he some guy's like can you sign my hand it's like why would you want me to sign your hand and i said because uh, we're all close proximity i'm like you don't want to know and made Duff laugh, obviously jerking <laughs> off with that was my, my jerk off joke. Yeah. Oh, I made him laugh. So I, you know, slash signed by his head. It was like the, the you know, the cross. So slash signed by his skull face. And then I, I corrected Duff. I don't know why, because Duff doesn't look as blonde as he does on the cross. I'm like, sign right here. He's like, no, that's Steven. I'm like, no, isn't it here? He's like, no, I know who, which one is me, dude. I'm like, I'm an idiot. I'm sorry. So I, <laughs> those are those are autographs autographed but over time it's just so faded and i just like am i ever gonna sell it i did have it up on my wall for a while but even if you look at it on my wall framed it just looks like a framed guns and roses shirt it's not like it's in the sharpie is just faded 
Yeah. So I'm like, right now, I'm like, do I put that in the laundry? You know, maybe start wearing it again. <laughs> I, I don't know. So I mean, that that is pr- probably my 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 favorite. But I, I didn't want to admit that I'm thinking about washing it, <laughs> just because it's so fake. I want to wear it again. I want to wear the shirt, but it's the autographs. They're autographs, but you just again, they're faded, and I'm never going to sell them. You know. Well, I mean, if it's something you're keeping, maybe just get someone who's real artistic and have them just draw over the top of it with a silver sharpie or something. <laughs> then it's worthless. Then it's then, then then I'm a fraud. I can't be a fraud. <laughs> hey, it's you originally know? there, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it is true. I'll, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll mull it over. Or no, I was going to ask you real quick. I kind of thought of it while you mentioned Shadow of Your Love. Were you surprised that didn't take off a little more when they released it? I mean, I know it's a song from like 30 years ago, but I just kind of thought it's a new single from a band that hasn't had a single in over 10 years. I just kind of thought it might you have a little more steam than it had as far as radio play and all that fun stuff. Yeah. I think it's just because it wasn't marketed properly uh, because I think it it was being shown as an old song. And even though it's, it's a great song and I've heard different versions of that and the one that's released, whether it was reworked or not is something, you know, uh, conspiracy theorists can work there their magic on that, but uh, it's my favorite version of the song. I remember when it first came out, I watched the video several times in a row. I listened to it several times. I haven't done that with the song in a long time, but I just don't think it, unless GNR comes back and I mean, Axel slash and Duff, it doesn't have to be all five if they don't want the, the, the appetite five, but unless they do some sort of press and be like guns or roses is back and it starts going and behind it, and it's like, wow, they are really back. I, I think that's part of It's going to be whatever they put out is going to be slightly hurt by that. They're that good and that talented that obviously they can have the fourth best six, uh, selling tour of all time by doing zero to no press. Uh, I mean, Slash and Duff do, but usually for their own projects. It really wasn't certainly to sell any GNR tickets. But I, I, I just think that's it. I think because it's like it's like, okay, this is just a... It's an old Guns N' Roses song. It's a really good song, but it's hard to get excited about something that's old. Yeah, you know, I think that's that's part of it. If it's a new song, uh, that can be scary. But Axel went through that with Chinese Democracy because it's like you want it to debut high, and you want you don't want your legacy dented. But I think there was every opportunity for the GNR legacy to be truly dented by Chinese Democracy, and it wasn't. It's it's was done well it, it did well it was successful you even read from the harsh, harshest critics you know it's it's still overwhelmingly it's it's majority majority positive but and again the actual did nothing there so i don't think that's anything's going to change but i think just that's that's part of it i think that's why you see celebrities everywhere now on fucking tiktok and that you have to constantly be in your face and yeah you can, again you can just release stuff and be successful which they've done but I, I, that's my opinion why it wasn't, you know, because it's, it's a quick, hard rocking song. Yeah. You know, if they came back with, a, you know, I don't know, like a November Rain style that you know this is new Slash, you know this is new Slash with Axel, like I, that would be, that'd be different. Yeah. Well, I mean, speaking of that, they've, uh, you know, of course, mentioned Slash and Duff in interviews that, that that's happening or going to happen. Like, like, what are your thoughts as far as, like, your personal thoughts on what you would want it to sound like? Do you hope it's more like Appetite or more like The Illusions or more like Chinese Democracy? I hope it's like The Illusions because I think that's, like, the nice middle ground uh, because there are songs that um, 
on the illusions that could fit on appetite. Right. And they're Chinese. I like it. Um, that sounds like a weird sentence. I like Chinese. Uh, <laughs> It took me, though, three times I remember to listen to it completely to fully get it because it was just so different. I remember the first time I heard um, uh, If the World, which is what I learned as like Axel's take on a James Bond song. And it start, starts out with these falsetto, falsetto guitars. And it's just – or even the first time I heard better, I'm like, what is this high-pitched? Like, what is this? And it just took a lot of peeling away the layers of just like the negativity, the uh, surrounding it, the hype, and that this is a different band, even though it is with Axel. And then just enjoyed for the music. And then after that, I'm like, whoa! Like there was a time, prostitute. Like if there are that those level of songs on a new record, so uh, that's what I want. I just want like a, a combination of all of it. I want to hear the evolution. I want to hear. You know, the shadow of your love, very early stuff, raw, powerful, in your face. But I want to see the where it can go. And if you look at Slash's solo work with Miles and, 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 and Duff's work, I mean, Duff has expanded a little bit with, like, country, I guess. But Axel pushed, he pushes it. And that's what I've loved about it since the beginning. He pushed November Rain. He pushed to get those backup singers, Tracy and Roberta, on Use Your Illusion. He pushes for their greatness. Otherwise, would they be seen as the same way if they didn't have a November Rain and an Estranged to their catalog? If they were just Appetite and they just kept trying to recreate Appetite, you know, Appetite's great. The whole record, I want some of that sound, but they're too good to have one sound on that record. Even Chinese doesn't have one sound. Right. None of those records do. Um, so that's 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 what I I would like to hear um, on an album, which I I do believe that they're working on. I it'll come out. <laughs> As Axel says, uh, you'll see it. I don't know if soon is the word. Uh, <laughs> and I, I couldn't tell you. I have to imagine it would be some of his stuff that needs to be re reworked like, you know, during the Chinese era that's being reworked on, which I don't know if people like or don't like. I don't mind it because it's, st it's still starting with an idea, like an Axel idea and putting us and then slashes or and or Duff's idea on it. So it still becomes something something new. I like Van Halen's A Different Kind of Truth. You know, and that's kind of was this, that same way. Um, and then hopefully from there, it's a jumping off point where they all start from a, a clean slate. But the big thing is just getting something out. I, I couldn't believe that the big release was uh, the vinyl of Greatest Hits. I, I don't even own the original. Like, why? Right. I have all those songs. Yeah. You know? I think that's so, the, only, yeah, the only Guns N' Roses official release I never bought was that Greatest Hits. <laughs> and they, if you recall, and I had forgotten about it, that there were lawsuits over it. They, they tried to stop the release of it. They didn't like the packaging. They didn't like the track list, all of that. So uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how you are when you interview people. I mean, there's part of it where you, you want to get inside your head to be a better interviewer. But there are sometimes I'm like, I'm afraid. It's exhausting to try to get inside that, that head of like, you're a band that doesn't put out much music. <laughs> Like and you're you're making it like you're you're making music. It's not like okay if you say you know what we're done we're just retired. Okay, that sucks, but okay. But you know that they're doing stuff, and then you see Axl Rose show up on the the new uh, Looney Tunes cartoon doing a new song. You know, so it's like you could still do it. Yeah, <laughs> you could still do it. So it's uh it's a it's it's definitely been an interesting podcast to do uh, surrounding this band. It's not just talking. 
music. It's just it leads everywhere because this band is everywhere. But yeah. I love <laughs> it. I'm I'm everywhere. So that's why I guess they are my favorite band. So it kind of just fits my personality. <laughs> well, something I was actually talking with one of my friends the other day about is I know you remember like after you know Slash and Duff left back in the mid nineties. In the you know the following years leading up to Chinese democracy, you'd always hear people say things like, "If they had stayed together and kept making music, they would have been like one of the biggest bands of all time." I'm like, "Well, they already were," and you saw in 2016 when they got back together, they're filling up stadiums just like they used to. I'm like, "Do you really think if they had stayed together, they'd have been any bigger than they are right this moment?" It's it reminds me maybe the quote you're thinking of is what they're when VH1 used to have those behind the musics and they were doing the Guns N' Roses behind the music and Ozzy said if they stayed together, they would have been the next Rolling Stones. Okay, yeah. And Gene are, I mean, they're not the Stones, but they're right there. I think the only thing that really separates them, uh, it was a couple things, obviously. I mean, the Stones came first. They had to pave the way. You know, without the Stones, there are no Guns N' Roses. So, I mean, there's obviously that. But they have a better, bigger catalog. And... I look at a band like Metallica, who never really went away. I mean, there are years between albums, but you know, would Guns N' Roses have put out a Saint Anger, you know, that that or a Lulu that they can't somehow live down, or even when Metallica puts out a, a good record like Death Magnetic or uh, Hardwired to Self Destruct, that there are fans that are still not satisfied that they still have to do it. But I'm like, this band is still making music. Metallica is like doing everything right. You know, they're putting out uh, an old show every Monday. Like they're, they're doing it great. They're doing a, a great job. But if GNR, could they, I don't know, maybe because I think GNR is, is, has been and is more uh, controversial than Metallica. Maybe they wouldn't have survived. Maybe because sometimes, you know, people bring up, one in a million or used to lover or, or, or things that are controversial, you know, Charles Manson, could they, would they have had the same, a similar path as, as Metallica? Maybe they needed to go away for a while. Maybe the Chinese democracy era needed to happen. Did it happen? It introduced me to Buckethead. I love yeah. Buckethead. So maybe this is just, I hate using a, a cliche, but this is like the way it was, it was meant to be, I guess. Uh, it sucks for a lot of reasons, not just for Guns N' Roses, that everything got put on halt. For a while, it's amazing that they were continuing this tour. They're continuing uh, this band that seemed to be, you know, or at least the Axel Slash match was never going to happen. That they were continuing, uh, but it leads you to speculate and hope that they're doing stuff in, uh, at home to <laughs> catch up to everything that Metallica has been doing. Right. <laughs> I know it's it's uh it's it's amazing. It's it's certainly amazing, but. You know, uh, all things considered, that's why I try not to complain as much as uh, some other fans do. And everyone has their right. I mean, at the end of the day, it's just a band. And we're lucky just to have this music to enjoy. Uh, is that it's it's the, if it, just enjoy like the music that we, we we have from them. And you just can't get too upset about it, like when stuff is going to come out. Like yeah. you just kind of. You know, it, it can be frustrating, but just kind of enjoy the ride of it all. I think that's just so important uh, to do. That's what I've had to do. Otherwise, you're just going to get frustrated. You know, yeah. Just, just, just be that the fact that if you think of a few years ago, obviously not in this lifetime was called that for a certain reason. It was never going to happen. 
you know, it seemed like Axel hated Slash. It seemed that way, you know, and 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 uh, Slash didn't want to be asked Guns N' Roses questions anymore in interviews, and they were together. So I, I can't, I'm not going to let my my complaints go too far because this is just so much further than I ever thought. You know, when I told you when I became a Guns N' Roses fan was 2000 or you know, my first time seeing them was with Buckethead, or when they became a fan, they were already broken up. So I'm like, yeah. they've already accomplished the impossible. Yeah. But I, I again, I still believe though that the new music will happen. I just yeah. don't know when. <laughs> I just don't know when. Right. I wish I did. <laughs> well, and as far as live shows go, last fall we got lucky and they brought back Locomotive and Dead yeah. Horse. Are there any other like deep cuts like that that you would personally love to see live? Sure. I haven't and that, played since the early days. And since they've, and I, I've stopped complaining about the set list too, because yeah. like some people do that as well. Like, yeah, you know, they're going to open with It's So Easy. They're going to close with Paradise City, certain things, but they've switched out enough. I think that's really great that they uh, pay tribute to Chris Cornell and, and, and Glenn Campbell. Uh, I know Stop With The Covers. I, I know I, The Seeker is a great song. I don't need to hear that again because there are plenty of other songs I want to hear. Uh, I want to hear Pretty Tied Up. Yeah. I think that would be uh, phenomenal. I, I don't know if there are other ones that... I don't want to say it, though, like he can't do, because even when you hear uh, Dave Grohl sing um, Monkey Wrench, that, that part of the song where he's singing for like 40 seconds straight, yeah. he breaks it up. So you got to find your own way to do it. But I mean, I would love to hear Garden of Eden. Uh, I, I think, and I said this to actually to Alice Cooper. Uh, he he's probably was my biggest uh, guest that I was lucky to get. I want to see Guns N' Roses on stage with Alice Cooper doing the Garden. Yeah, how that how that hasn't happened is a crime against rock and roll. Like, and, and he's he's down for it. I mean, you know, knock on wood, or whatever. Alice is in good health, but he's older. You know, make make it happen. Yeah. So I'm, I'm I that's I think, but Tops is probably a um, a bad obsession, pretty tied up, and uh, the Garden with uh, with Alice. Probably my top. Oh, and then see, there's so much. I, I, I've never heard. They've played this, but I haven't heard a prostitute live. Okay. I haven't heard uh, there was a time live yet. Yeah. Uh, I would love to hear a lot of Chinese, honestly. Trackers Revenge. But then I'm I'm torn because I want to hear Buckethead do those songs. It would be. <laughs> I feel like I'd be cheating. It's no weird. I feel like I would be cheating with Slash. <laughs> so even one of those songs are played live. I think it's amazing that they both acknowledge between Velvet Revolver and Chinese Democracy the eras of when they were. You know, apart, uh, it's still weird. You know, it's yeah. weird to hear Slither not by Scott. It's weird to hear Chinese played by Slash. Yeah. You know, but it, like I like I said before, they're together. You know, this is I think this is all cool considering how uh, how much hate there seemed to be that they were like the band that would never get back together. Like it was it was that it was you know maybe and Van Halen and Van Halen happened. Yeah. Uh, that that did happen. Uh, I guess not without Michael Anthony. Um, but still, Zeppelin maybe. You Pink know? Floyd, I think, is the only other one that that large that. Yeah, and, and Pink uh, and Black Sabbath tried, but Bill Ward uh, yeah. wasn't involved. So I mean, a lot of bands have come close, I guess. Um, but yeah, so but uh, I'm I'm not gonna complain too much because it's, it's like seeing mom and dad get back together again. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was a time was my favorite song from Chinese Democracy, and I always wish they would have rotated it in there on that tour. And I, I saw him like three times on the 
Yeah, not in this lifetime tour, and I don't think they played it as far as I know. I couldn't tell you when they played. I just know that they have. Oh, they have. Okay. Uh, at, at times, I don't know. I mean, I don't wait. Not. I don't think during the not in this lifetime tour. That's what I meant during the. I think yeah. that might have been one of the songs that oh, GNR fans are crazy that that have been heard on soundcheck. There are that was the first time a slither was heard. Yeah. I think actually uh, a friend of uh, the show or you know listener who became friend of the show. Uh, he's from Amsterdam, and he went to whatever that show was that they debuted Slither, and he was recording video outside of the arena while they were practicing it, and like that kind of like went semi-viral because uh, <laughs> I gave him like uh, uh, admin uh, permission on my Facebook to shoot the video, and he, he shared it there. So I th- I think it has been practiced. Same thing with the, you, you see Hard School, perhaps like that that new song. Uh, that leaked song. So I mean, this, this, uh, like again, I think I said before, this band has music. It, a lot of it is leaked out. <laughs> <laughs> so you know there's stuff, and uh, bands want it desperately. So I, I don't know. Maybe that's I don't know if that's good or bad for me because if you can't listen to GNR, at least we could talk about it and listen to it. You know, listen to conversations about it. Yeah. Well, I know I've heard you mention. Well, you mentioned Dave Matthews earlier, but I've heard you mention a few <laughs> times like you're forced to watch a live show or something here or there, but like outside of having to listen to Dave Matthews, what are some other music you listen to besides GNR, Metallica, Green Day? What do you mean? Just in general? Yeah. Just some of your, Oh, your love. Well, I make a joke because I mean, obviously you talk about what you know. And, uh, I mean, my girlfriend and I, we bonded over the Beatles. So the the Beatles are one of my favorites, but you know, her, uh, her Guns N' Roses is Dave Matthews. I mean, she doesn't dislike Guns N' Roses. Her first show was when we went down to Austin, and she enjoyed it. You know, she enjoyed herself. Uh, she, we were going to go again a few weeks ago. Um, the Smashing Pumpkins were going to open. I was, I was really looking forward to that. <laughs> I haven't seen uh, seen them yet. But other bands, um, love the Doors. Uh, big. I'm actually a big fan of Coheed and Cambria. I think they're great. Um, I, I want to be able to find like. Like it's a problem like finding like new new stuff that really gets me. Like or grabs me rather. I mean, maybe the last quote new band that did that was Hailstorm, but they've been around for a long time. You know, they're they're great. But yeah, I, it's it's a lot of classic stuff for me. I'm I'm stuck. You know, I'm I'm, I'm stuck in uh, you know in the '80s or my childhood or you know uh, alternative rock from the '90s. You know, or you know, grunge era. You know, love. Uh, Soundgarden, Temple of the Dog, you know, uh, Nirvana, you know, uh, as far as like 80s stuff. Um, I mean, there's a lot of 80s metal you love, like Priest and, uh, you know, uh, Motley Crue. You know, I love, uh, I think Nikki Six was my third interview, radio interview ever. It was right before 6 a.m. came out. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it was, so that was like early on. I'm like, I, I wish I had tape of that. Uh, but yeah, just a lot of just rock driven. Well, I, I have to say though, uh, if you want to go a little off the beaten path, uh, I'm a big Lady Gaga fan. Okay. Uh, although I'm not, who knew her her new record hasn't grabbed me. That's like the first record of hers that I'm like, eh, I don't know. But uh, she, yeah, because I've been to her, I've seen her in concert. That was one of the, what was that a couple years ago? I don't know. Yeah, I find I, I'm like, let me go see Lady Gaga in concert. I want to see her. I, w- I would love to see her do a rock record. I thought what she yeah. did with uh, Metallica 
Um, even though the Grammys fucked it up by cutting off James's mic right. at the beginning, uh, Moth in the Flames, I, I thought that sounded amazing. Yeah. You know, I, see, if, if Metallica is going to do that, don't do a record with uh, Lou Reed, rest in peace. Do one with Lady That's what I say. Do one with uh, Lady Gaga. I yeah. think that would be, that would sound really awesome. Yeah, her music translates really well because anytime you've heard like Hellstorm and that Leo from Frog League Studios like cover Lady Gaga's music, it translates really well to, to metal. It does. Yeah. It does. And I, I respect, I, she, one of the acts I saw. Uh, when I down, went down to Austin was uh, Billie Eilish. I think I respect her. Uh, I mean, she does. I thought at first she's just a whisper singer, but no, she can sing. She writes her own music. You know, it's like with her brother. I mean, how much she's been doing this. She's young now and she's been doing it since she was even younger. So like how much more can you ask for, uh, for a non-processed, you know, star? Uh, she's just, she's done it on her own. So I, I completely, so th- that's what initially attracted me, I guess, for lack of a better word, to Lady Gaga. I love that attitude of just, you are, you, you, the talent's real and you just do your thing. And that's what I loved about Guns N' Roses. That's what I love about Axel and Slash. They're just doing their thing. Yeah. You know, so th- that's, that's who's really like who I, I, I look, I don't want to say look up to, but um, entertains me or I want, I feel good supporting, you know. Kind of thing, but yeah, probably you know. Other than GNR, it's like the Doors. Like I said, it's like classic, classic stuff that I'm uh, that I'm into. Even classical. I, I even like my Mozart and, and Beethoven. I yeah. Say. Well, you mentioned Smashing Pumpkins opening for GNR, and the first time I saw GNR was on the Illusion Tour in '92, and Smashing Pumpkins opened the show, and it was before they had blown up at all, and they got booed off the stage. Like, <sighs> He literally, like Billy Corgan, just said "fuck you" and threw down his guitar, and they walked off the stage in less than fifteen minutes. <laughs> oh wow! Oh wow! And wow. Then it was a good three hours until GNR took the stage after that. <laughs> Jesus! Wow! Yeah, I had never, I hadn't seen them, and my girlfriend, being from Chicago, where they're from, she hadn't seen them either. So we were both really looking forward to it. But obviously, there are people who have suffered a lot worse during this time, yeah. and uh, us getting our concert canceled. Or yeah. postponed or whatever it is. I'm, I'm keeping my ticket. They've already rescheduled it for next year. Okay. Which I'm just, and it's, I, I just don't know. I mean, I guess you have to reschedule these things just to have some sort of plan in place. But until, I don't know, until there's like some sort of vaccine or something going on, I, it's yeah. frustrating. It's definitely frustrating. That's why I'm sure, I don't know about you, but the, doing a podcast that you're able to do from home and you're able to communicate with people from around the world, it helps. It certainly helps during these times. Well, you mentioned that being able to do not only that, but your job from home as well. Like outside of that, what have you been doing to spend your time on a personal level? Well, like I said, uh, you know, my, my job from home, which is uh, audio editing, um, you know, lock, remote logging into a computer, doing certain you know radio program stuff. I actually, I also have a, uh, a secondary uh, real job. Uh, you ever hear call your uh, credit card company or your cable company, and you hear that recording that says, "This phone call may be monitored for quality assurance." Yeah, I work for a company that does that, okay. not the like, the monitors. Okay. Uh, so I've done it for like you know airlines or, or trash companies or cable companies that I've listened to. You know, my company is supposed to be the expert. I've actually done that. I may have mentioned that early on. That's that that's the job that I've had that has supplemented me in my entire radio career. Because we're not all Howard Stern, we're not, <laughs> you know, and you know, industry. It's 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 
been nice. It was, it's like my little escape from radio reality a little bit. So, I mean, let's take out my time. But other than that, I mean, I'm finally, you know, getting my girlfriend to actually watch movies. Uh, she watched the first back to the futures for the first time. <laughs> and then she, uh, then she waited. We, I'm like, they're going to take these movies. Don't stay there forever. Now back to the future three is not on Netflix anymore. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, just, watching it's like everyone else is watching netflix we have gone away um no social distancing and wearing masks and usually just for like a day trip we travel to the border of where like new york and new jersey meet pennsylvania like along the delaware river a few weeks ago um i think later on this month we're going to like uh, lake champlain upstate like and i can take my job anywhere so i mean like but for the most part i'm i'm stuck here uh just thinking about Guns N' Roses all the freaking time, checking my social media and, uh, you know, and, and booking guests when I can. I haven't gone, you know, crazy with booking guests during, uh, during the quarantine just because it's like, it's so, I don't know. It's weird. Everyone's dealing with their own shit. So I don't want to, you know, some people are really bored and want to do interviews and there are other people that are so focused and just trying to like get through this time. So it's, uh, I take them as they come. So I've been very lucky. I, I, kind of get it to do at least a uh, one interview uh, episode a week. So that's, that's been a lot of my time. And then I mentioned earlier, the three cats I've, uh, so I, yeah, I've been, since I'm allergic to cats, uh, I've been, I now have to get allergy injections uh, every week. Oh, wow. Which is awesome. The Zyrtec wasn't enough. The air purifiers weren't enough. It's also my fault because I like to hug them and sleep with them. Uh, but yeah, so now because I mean I can't go anywhere, and there were times I'm like I think I have like COVID again. I, I think I may have had I definitely had like the flu or something back in January, and I never got sick, so I don't know what I had. Yeah. I'll get tested eventually, but there were times I'm like I can't breathe in here, like I'm suffocating, and I have to go outside, and I had no idea that I was that allergic to cats. But when you're stuck in here and they shed all the time, but the uh, the shots are working, so I get out at least once a week to get my shots. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Well. I won't hold you too much longer. I appreciate you taking the time with me today. Yeah, no problem. I appreciate you. Uh, I mean, I hope I was interesting. I oh, hope yeah. uh, I was entertaining uh, Absolutely. to some degree. You know, I appreciate you reaching out. Podcasting is definitely a, um, it's a unique world. I, I thought I'm wrong now. So I'll preface it with that. I really thought for podcasting was for people who couldn't make it in radio. Yeah. And while, that certainly can very well be true. Uh, there are many talented people out there, you know, such as yourself, putting out a good product. And I think talent who do interviews appreciate it more because if you're a podcast reaching out, chances are you're going to do a, a better interview than you would being maybe on the radio for, with somebody for seven minutes yeah. or 10 minutes or something like that. So, this has really given a good platform for people to really express themselves in a lot of different ways. I mean, yes, there's so many of them. I know it's, it's so hard. That's why I respect people like you when you have all your shit together, you know, cause it, it's, it's hard. I don't know. Are you a one man? You're not a one man band. No, I got a co-host Jason, but he, he's taken like three weeks off. So I'm doing yeah. these this week myself, but nah, that's right. Fuck him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So, but it's, it's just solo. It's just, I'm just doing, you know, since my co-host still current friend uh, left, it's just been me, but it's, uh, it's just given me a whole new respect for it and just, uh, how to communicate with people 
you know, even though I've been communicating communicating with people my entire career, even in both jobs, my other job, the quality assurance job, is making sure people communicate properly. Right. You know, the sell the cable, all that stuff. So this is just a different avenue. So uh, I definitely just certain I, res- I I respect it. And for those who want to reach out to me and talk to me and have me as their guest, uh, it, it also makes me it makes me feel good. It makes me feel like I'm 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 still doing something right. So so yeah. thank you for having me on. There you go, Brando, the host of Appetite for Distortion. A huge thank you to him for taking some time out there to talk to me about his podcast and, of course, a ton of different Guns N' Roses topics. If you haven't listened to our podcast before, Guns N' Roses is my favorite band, so this kind of seemed like a no-brainer to finally get him on here. We've had both the host of Metal Up Your Podcast on here before. Right. Talking about... Metallica, so I figured it's high time that I get to do it. Exactly. Huh. <laughs> it, it is, it is. I, I think next we should aim for the the Night Demon Iron Maiden dudes. Oh, that's right. <laughs> they do uh, Talking or no, yeah. it talking, Maiden? talking Maiden, and now it's the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast. Yeah. So it's like, I, which I still need to listen to. Same here. You know, so there, yeah, maybe that's next. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of podcasts we listen to, but some of them are like, Joster or Trunk, where it's yes. hard to yeah. harder. I mean, we've had Trunk on here for like ten minutes, but yeah, uh, but other than that, they, they don't care. I don't blame <laughs> them. <laughs> but it's cool, you know. If if you're even if you're not a diehard Guns N' Roses fan, you don't have to kind of mention up front with any of these podcasts. If you're just kind of a fan, you know, he delves into all kinds of stuff. Like his guests, he doesn't just focus directly on Guns N' Roses. It's whatever they've got going on, right? So. Right. It's very well done, and it's not, you know, he's very professional about it. So, hopefully, one of these days he'll get Duff or Slash or, you know, hopefully Axel. You know, if that ever happens. But. And and that's how you should do it. That's yeah. that that really is. It's like, um, I mean, that's what we've always tried to do. Yeah, it's like I I don't I don't need to hear about 1987. Yeah, we we've all been over it. You know, it, it's like every time, and I'm not. There's no way I would ever diss on Eddie Trunk. Um, he is like, you know, he's all, as all of us podcasters, it's kind of what we aspire to be yeah, in a way, or just have the job he does. But it's like every time he has Marty Friedman on, Marty Friedman has to shut him down. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like, okay, that was 30 years ago. And so. And I don't like, we'll just talk about it. Well, since we're talking about it, I don't like how he. You know, like something well, I know Brando does, and we've always tried to do, is we focus on whatever they've got going on, and we, you know, talk about some other stuff. But mm-hmm. Eddie Trunk's always like, we'll get to like that. Like, we'll get yeah. to the new stuff like later on, but first we're going to talk about what you did in 1981. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. well, that's cool to hear about, especially if I haven't heard about it before, but like, right. you know, let them talk about their new shit if they want to. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I guess he still does, so it's not really that big of a deal. But. Yeah, yeah. And, you know... what? It's like, what do I know? He he he's made a career out of it. <laughs> right. He has like three houses. I don't have shit. We're just doing this for fun. Yeah, we just do it for fun. But I mean, I, I don't. It's like if I had Marty Friedman on, I could think of a million things to ask him that wouldn't have anything to do with Megadeth. That's right. And in the in the course of that, he would probably bring up Megadeth shit, anyways. Yeah. So that's that that's that's kind of my take on it. So I appreciate, you know, this whole. You know, I don't need to. You know, we focus on what they're doing now. Yeah. Well, I guess 
Real quick before we shut this down, just speaking of Guns N' Roses, I know we've talked about this kind of stuff before, but what's your what's your favorite Guns N' Roses song? Yesterday's. Okay, that's what I was thinking it was. Oh yeah, I mean, which I that, love that's that always because... been, and there's so many of them. Do not get me wrong, but that's the one that's always just it really just kind of got me in the gut ever since I heard it. Yeah, so, and I, yeah. I I love that fact because if you ask hundred people. 99 of them probably aren't going to say yesterday's. You right. get one or two, but... And, I mean, it's... I freaking love the song. It's great. Oh, man, it's so good. Yeah. And the cool thing is that they brought it back out, like, the year before last. Exactly. And they were slowly bringing out some of the older songs. It, but, yeah, it's no doubt it's that one. Yeah. Every time. Mine is Night Train, and will always be Night Train <laughs> at number one. Right. There's a lot of one Bs and one Cs, you know, <laughs> pretty tied up or you're... Mr. Brownstone or Rocket Queen or whatever, but thanks again to Brando for doing that. That was some great stuff. If this is your first time listening, we've had Dizzy Reed on here. That's yes. the closest thing to, or that close, the only actual Guns N' Roses member we've had on here. But we've had on guys from Kiss, Seven Dust, Shine Down, Deep and, Purple. And hey, if you're, if you're, I can say Deep Purple now. Right, and if you're into Guns N' Roses, if you're into Duff, we've had Shooter Jennings on who produced Duff's solo record. That's a great point. Right? I just listened to that again the other day. So good. Yeah, it's just a great album. Yes, it is. So that's another thing. If you're a Guns N' Roses fan, you didn't know about Duff's most recent album yeah, of then, Tenderness. Then fuck you. Yeah. Produced by Shooter Jennings, and it's pretty... I wouldn't say it's entirely country, but it's pretty much country. And it's... It's great. It's just a great album. It's a great album to chill out to or whatever. So check right. that out if you have not. I mean, Duff, Duff, I believe, is the most versatile member of Guns N' Roses because now he's done everything from punk albums mm-hmm. to, you know, your obviously Guns N' Roses hard rock albums to now country. Yeah. And also check out Neurotic Outsiders if you never have. It is the greatest side project from any member of Guns N' Roses besides the first Slash of Snake Pit album. Right. <laughs> or pawn shop guitars, maybe. <laughs> I should have brought that up to him. What's the best side project? Because now, I mean, they're kind of, there's like a fucking long ass list. There's, there's so many. When you look at everybody in that band. Right. But anyway, all those guys, guys from, if you like stuff heavy, Seven Dust, Crowbar, Super Joint, Black Dahlia Murder, Avatar, Megadeth, Death Angel, Testament. If you like the 80s rock. Like I said, Def Leppard. We've also had on Tesla, Great White, Warrant, Firehouse, Lillian Axe, Bullet Boys, LA Guns, Trickster. On and on. Yeah. And a plethora of other things. I've said right. plethora twice in one episode. Fuck yeah. Hell yeah. All right. So check everything out on Spotify, iTunes, Google Music, all that stuff. Subscribe to us on YouTube at The Thunder Underground. Get on our website, thethunderunderground.com. You can listen directly there. You can find all our socials, so like us, follow us. Anything you see us post, if you like it or share it, that greatly helps us out, and that's a free way to help promote us. We would greatly appreciate it. And yeah, I think that covers it. Once again, a huge thank you to Brando from Appetite for Distortion, Hella Hot Hot Sauce, DEB Concerts, Sunset Tattoo, and Med Farm. And until next time. Thunder Underground, y'all.